Angel Tree Deliveries. Angel Tree Deliveries is really where the rubber meets the road. I mean, it's great to go out and buy the gift and provide uh, a gift for one of these kids. That's the icebreaker. That's our foot in the door. But when we deliver that gift, this is really where the rubber meets the road. This is where we have the opportunity to minister to that family, minister to those, those children, minister to the spouse that's not incarcerated. This is really the opportunity. So if that's a ministry that you feel like, you know, you just want to be able to reach out and touch somebody's life, please, please, please uh, contact Ken, uh, Cheryl, I mean, and Ken, either one of them, they're married. And uh, they'll help you with, uh, they'll sign you right up. They'd, they would love for you to do that. Before I jump into my message today, uh, which is the message that I was intending to bring last week, uh, that's why there's a little mix-up on the dates. Before I jump into the message today, I just want to speak to you prophetically, uh, something that the Lord gave me even while we were in worship. It's that we are in a moment of times where we need to set ourselves like flint. It, we're in a moment of time where we need to stand to stand, to just stand. Sometimes, you know, the enemy comes against us, and sometimes all we have to do, what we need to do, the most important thing for us to do is to position ourselves where God would have us to be and to set ourselves and to stand, believing God for what he has for us. We need to pray. We need to set our prayer cannons, and no matter what comes, no matter what the report is, we just need to continue to pray. I really believe that this is a large part of what God is doing in this hour. We have challenges that we face in our life, many of us, a lot of us, maybe most of us, that we really can't do much about in the natural. There are challenges that we're facing that we can't fix, that science can't fix, that the medical community can't fix, that the lawyers can't fix, that the doctors can't fix, that the smartest people in the world can't fix these problems. And so what do we have left? Prayer. If we need to learn anything, we need to learn to pray. We need to learn to position ourselves in a place of prayer and not be moved no matter what we see. No matter what we see. Elijah's servant stood with him in the valley, and he said, we're completely surrounded. And Elijah prayed and said, God, open up his eyes. And when his eyes were open, he saw there are more for us than there are against us. Those that stand on our side greatly outnumber those who are on the other side. Come on. It hasn't changed. That's right. It hasn't changed. It's the same. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. There are still more that are for you than there are against you. Position yourself to take your victory and allow the Lord to fight for you. This is the wonderful news is that we don't even have to fight in the battle. God fights for us. God does the battle. We need to be faithful. We need to take our motions, but God sets things in, in order. Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. That is not a calm or comfortable process. There is nothing light or interesting about that. There's nothing in me that says, yes, Lord, please sift me like wheat. No. No one says that. You take the wheat and you bang it on the ground and you bang it on the ground, and you bang it on the ground until the, the hard coating that's around the wheat falls off. It's a continual process of repeated 
until we are reduced to what God wants. <laughs> We're in this battle and stuff is being thrown at us and things are hitting us and things are being knocked off of us. But the glorious thing is that some of the things that are neat and being knocked off of us, they need to go. They're burning the boxes. It really just needs to go. And we need to let it go. We need to let it we need to let the battle reduce us. This is why we can consider it pure joy when we come into various trials because the battle reduces us to what we need to be if we allow God to have his way in us. Yeah. Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And now Jesus is about to prophesy to Peter. So watch and be prophesied over this morning. And when you have returned, strengthen your brothers and sisters. God's got you in a process. And it may not be comfortable. And I'm speaking to everybody. Because we're all in process. Anybody here not in process? We're all in process. There's things being thrown at us. We're, things are being knocked off of us. Things are being cleaned off of us. There's a purpose behind it. Jesus has prayed for you. The Holy Spirit himself intercedes for you, the Bible tells us, that your faith would not fail. And when you return, after the battle's over, get ready, because you're going to strengthen your brothers and sisters. Come on. God's raising up prayer warriors in this hour. God's raising up people of prayer. And right now, he is, he is uh, going down on the inside. He is causing you to be the prayer warrior that you never knew you could be. We're going to have Navy SEALs of prayer, Navy SEALs of intercession in this church, that when the battle rages, we pray and things change. Why? Because that's what the church is called to do. Why? For, for what? For his glory. What's going on? Let me pray. We prayed. It changed. How'd that happen? God's real. God's on the throne. God's alive yesterday, today, and forever. And he cares about you as we're talking to the stranger in the supermarket. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. Nice segue, Pastor Matt. <laughs> Glory to God. Hey, we're in, the, we're in the middle of our sharing series. What do you have? What do you have? I have some water. I'm going to share my water. What do you have? What do you have? Today we're talking about share hope. Sharing hope. We can share the hope of God that is within us. We should share the joy of the Lord that we have. God gives it to us, and it's free. We don't earn it. He just gives it to us for free. We have hope and joy. And what does he want us to do with it? He wants us to give it away. As I have, what I do have, I give to you. What do I have? I have hope. Here's some hope. What do I have? I have joy. Silver and gold I don't have. I mean, we're okay. You know, don't listen. Don't, don't be... Don't be pulling out the offering plate for me. We're okay. I ain't got a lot of money. But what I've got is I've got joy. 
What I have that you need more than anything else is hope. What I have that you don't have and I'm willing to give to you is peace. Peace, hope, joy, love, all of the fruits of the Spirit. I have them all because I've been fellowshipping with God for a long time. And obviously, some of the people that we meet, often, they don't have that. You can just drive down the street and pick him out. They ain't got it. Stand in the supermarket for two minutes. He ain't got it. They ain't got it. Go to the coffee shop. He ain't got it. She ain't got it. He needs it right there. He needs a double dose over there. You have it. You have it? If you don't have it, get it. If you don't have the hope, the love, the peace, the joy, get it. It's here for you right now, today. If you've prayed and accepted Jesus Christ in your heart, the hope of God is yours. The joy of the Lord is yours. The peace of God is yours. It's yours. The love of God is yours. If you need more, ask God. He gives liberally to all and without reproach, not judging one from another. You ask, he gives. If you as human know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God our Father give good gifts to those who ask? Have you asked? Glory to God. One of the biggest problems we have within the church is prayerlessness. We don't ask. Ask. You know, the story of the prodigal son always burned me up. I always identified with the son who stayed home. Right? The son who stayed. And then the prodigal son, the son who spent all of the, the money on sinful living, he returns, and the father kills the fattened calf. That burned me up. Right? I identified with the son. What are you doing? This sinful son of yours returns, and you kill the fattened calf. And what does the son say? The, the son who stayed, he says, you never even gave me anything. You never even gave me a little lamb that I might make merry with my friends. And what did the father say? You didn't ask. As a matter of fact, he goes one step further. You don't even have to ask. Everything that I have is yours, the father says. The fattened calf is yours. It's been yours. Have you asked? Have you asked? Sometimes we need to ask. Sometimes we need like, to be like the, pers- the, the parable of the persistent widow. We need to be the persistent widow. We need to just wear him out with our coming. If, if what you're asking for is of God, we have to, clear, we have to you know, set a, a little quid pro quo there because we could ask for something that's not of God and then he'll give it to us and it'll be to our detriment. But if what we are asking is from God, if it's in the word and you're asking for it, just don't stop asking. Healing is the children's bread. You're a child of God. Healing is your bread. If you're sick and you're not healed, just ask. Don't stop asking. Tire God out. Jesus said in Luke 18, right? The parable is, I'm going to answer less she wear me out with her continual coming. How much more will God answer those who make requests of him?
Come on. Come on, ask. Have the hope of God. You have the hope of God. And so I want to dial back just a bit. Even if you don't have the hope of God or the joy of God on the level that I have, you have some level of joy. You have some level of hope. I want to encourage you today to share that hope. We need to be ready at all times to share that hope. Here's our first scripture, 1 Peter 3.15. Sanctify the Lord God always in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. The new NIV says, always be ready to give an answer to everyone who asks of the hope that is within you. People are continually coming up to me and saying, why are you so joyful? Why are you so happy? Why do you smile all the time? Because of God. Because I live with God. I, are, am I ready? Are you ready? Listen, when you get filled with hope, joy, love, peace, right? When the whole world melts down and you're just like, hey man, tomorrow's gonna be all right. We're, we're gonna be okay. When you have the peace of God, all of a sudden people are gonna be like, why are you okay? Why aren't you flipping out? And so at that moment, we should be ready to answer. What's the answer? The answer is that I have the hope of God within me. And we don't do it out of a proudness. It says right here, do it with meekness and fear. What is meekness? Meekness is having the powers of Superman, but living like Clark Kent. I have the ultimate power to do anything that I want. And yet I restrain and I don't do it unless God tells me to. Meekness is the wild horse that could easily jump the fence, right? But now the horse is trained and he won't do it except when the rider, when God says jump. Still has the same power. It's all there. It's just under control now. I can only do it when the father says so. Wow. It's good stuff. Are we ready? We need to live ready. We need to always, it says, always be ready. It doesn't say be ready on Tuesdays after Pastor Matt has preached on Sunday so hard. It doesn't say be ready on Friday evenings after Thursday night small group. It doesn't say be ready once in a while or pick a day of the week to be ready. It says always be ready, always, 24-7. If your phone rings in the middle of the night, you better be ready to preach the gospel when you pick it up. Why do you think they're calling you? They're not calling you to give you information. They're calling you because you have hope and they need hope. Why are they even calling you? Because they've seen the hope of God in you. And those are the moments, guys, we just got to wake up and be able to see, recognize those moments. Those are the moments when your phone rings in the middle of the night. That's one of those moments. When we need to be ready to give the answer of the hope that lies within us. Glory to God. I mentioned this last week. It's worth mentioning again. The statistics for uh, Christians sharing the gospel are not good. 80% 80 of, 80 of Christians do not regularly share the gospel with others. 
95%, these are not like, um, yeah, where'd you get that from? If you look up multiple sources, they'll all agree. They'll all agree. 95% of Christians will never lead someone to Christ. But not here at Redeeming Love. <laughs> we will be the exception to the rule. We're going we're gonna to know how to share the gospel because I'm not going to stop until you do. And we're going to all lead someone to Christ just because it's our responsibility as believers. And so we're going to take our responsibility seriously. And we're going to do it. I don't know if we get to 100% having led someone to Christ, but that's my goal. That's my aim. Why not? Why not? Why not? There's no reason why we can't. There's, it, it really gets simple. We learn how to do it, which I'm going to teach you today. And then pray and ask God that he would put someone in your path that you could lead to Christ. And God will do it. God wants people saved more than you do. 1 Peter 3.9 for God is not willing that any should perish, but that everyone would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Who? Everyone. Every person on the planet. If you see them and they're breathing, you can preach the gospel to them. You can know that God wants them saved. Always be ready. One of the easiest ways to be able to lead someone to Christ is Romans Road to Salvation. I brought this up last week. And so I'm kind of patching together, you know, the little bit that I shared last week into this week's message. If you were at your family gathering this week, Thanksgiving, whatever, we've got more coming up, you know, Christmas is just around the corner, and your family member says to you, hey, you know, uh, I've been watching your Facebook posts and stuff, and I know that you believe in God. I want to believe too. How do I do that? What do you say? Come to church with me on Sunday. Perfect. <laughs> that's not leading someone to Christ, but that's good. It's a good start, right? Keep those, keep those invite cards right in your pocket. Come to church with me on Sunday. What if they don't live near here? What if they live an hour away? You're just, right? So now, now you're on the spot. You have, what are they asking you? How, what, what must they do to be saved? They asked this of Peter. He was ready. If they asked you, I want to get saved. How do I do that? What do you do? <laughs> Let me call Pastor Matt. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I do not always answer my phone. If I'm in a meeting, or um, the rolling joke amongst my kids was always that if um, somebody had a gun to their head and said, if they don't pick up, you're free to go, but if they pick up, I'm going to pull the trigger, they'd call me because I never picked up my phone. <laughs> I'm like, that's horrible. That's terrible. I've gotten better. Part of the problem was that I would run a machinery, chainsaws, you know, that kind of stuff when I was doing landscaping, and you can't hear your phone ring. Often I would leave it in the truck. Terrible. I shouldn't have shared that joke. <laughs> Are you ready to share the gospel? You're in a place where your cell phone doesn't work. Technology's down. You can't call. Honestly, really, it's more personal when you do it, when you lead them to Christ yourself. And so if we understand Romans Road to Salvation, five quick scriptures, just understand salvation. I pray a prayer here at the end of every single service 
Why do I pray that prayer? Because there might be one person here. There might be one person listening online. And I never want to go, let, let go, leave the service without giving someone an opportunity to follow the Lord. And so I'll pray that prayer every single day. If all you do is memorize that prayer that I say at the every, end of every single service, you're good to go. We're going to talk about that today too. That prayer is based out of Romans' Road to Salvation. Romans' Road to Salvation is a, just a standby scriptures for leading someone to Christ. Some time ago, we gave away pens that had the little drop-down thing, Romans' Road to Salvation. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't memorize Road to, Romans' Road to Salvation, I'm not going to stop. Next year, I'm going to preach the same message, and then I'm going to preach it again and again and again and again. And I may preach it anyways, even if you already know why, because we need to know, and there's going to be new people, and they need to know. We all need to know. Here we go. We're going to walk right through it. Romans' Road to Salvation. First scripture, Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All. Everyone. Six billion people on the planet. Six billion people have sinned. No one has ever lived perfectly except Jesus. He's the only one. Everyone has sinned. Everyone has sinned. Mother Teresa had sinned. Fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. Sin is the problem. Sin is the issue. Sin is what we have to deal with when we're talking about salvation. Sin is what we're being saved from. The consequences of sin is what we're being saved from. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, meaning hell, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Because of sin, we all go to hell, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ. Jesus, our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Because of sin, we go to hell. But the free gift, free, can't earn it. You don't deserve it. None of us do. The free gift is eternal life. The free gift is heaven. The free gift is heaven. If there's someone out there that doesn't know Christ, that isn't living for Christ, and they were to die... They're going to go to hell. And we share the responsibility to tell them about Jesus, to give them the hope of eternity in heaven with God. It's our responsibility to go out and to share with those who are lost and destined for an eternity without God. That's a place no, no, none of us are going to go, and that's a place that no one wants to be. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You'll notice that I don't read them exactly the way that they're written. That's because I've memorized most of these out of the NIV. And so there's a little bit of crossover, but I'm New King James, so that's what's up there. God demonstrates his own love towards us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you remember back to the little promo, uh, the, the app that I played last week. It's, it, we're, we're banging on all the same cylinders here. Sin. Sin separates us from God. God loved us, 
and sent Jesus, right? Is this, you remember, right? The cross comes down at some point. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so here it is. Confess with your mouth that you believe that Jesus died for you and that he rose from the grave and you will be saved. So we need to let somebody know that we believe. This is why we ask you to check the box on the card. That's your way of letting me know. Come up and share with me afterwards. We'd love to celebrate. That's your way of letting me know. We want to know. You got to tell somebody. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You don't have to believe in your mind. This is where it says in James, do you believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. It's not enough to believe. We have to believe with our heart. It's heart. It's faith. We have to have faith in Jesus. We have to have faith in the finished work of the cross that Jesus died for us. And because of his sacrifice, we go to heaven. It's faith. It's heart belief. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Who can get saved? Whoever. Are there specific people that can be saved? No. Whoever. 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 Everyone. Everywhere. Anyone. Anywhere. I have here little printouts of the Romans of the Road Salvation Scriptures. And so I'm going to leave these up here on the platform. You're welcome to grab them afterwards. I print them out in two different versions. I have New King James and NLT. I memorized New King James, although I've actually memorized some of these in, I did say NIV, which is true. But here's NLT, which is a, another awesome version. Either one, they're all good. They, they say the same thing. Pick one, hang it up where you're going to see it, and read it until you remember it. This is a great way. How do we remember stuff? Repetition. Repeat it. Just repeat it to yourself over and 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 over again until you know it. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 5.8, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Romans 6.23, nope, I did it backwards. It was 6.20, I get the addresses wrong sometimes. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Come on. Why not? What, are you, what, else, what else are you doing when you're brushing your teeth? Worrying about tomorrow? Read some scriptures. <laughs> I have this hanging in my bathroom. This is how I do it. My toothbrush, I have one of those electric ones. It runs for two minutes. 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. For all have sinned and short, fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. Then when it switches to the next 30 seconds, God demonstrates his own love that woke up towards us while, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God de- right for 30 seconds. Then the next one. Then the next one. Then I floss. Do the next one. Start over again. All this time in the bathroom. Oh no. You know, what are they going to think about my clothes tomorrow at work? Why are you worrying about that? Learn scriptures. Fill your mind. What? <laughs> Philippians 1.8 or 4.8. Uh, but whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is pleasing, think about these things. Fill your mind with Scripture. Yeah. 
fill your mind with scripture. I guarantee you, you memorize these scriptures, you pray for your loved ones that aren't saved, they're going to come to Christ. It's, it's just going to happen. It can't not happen. There are certain things set in place that when we obey the word of God, dominoes fall and things happen. Can someone, save that, can someone get saved that doesn't want to be saved? I've talked about this before. Will God... <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Will God, who has given us all free will, override someone's desire to not be in fellowship with God? Yes, he will. I say yes, he will. I know there's some that would say no. I say yes, he will, and here's why. Because God answers my prayers. <laughs> yes, intercession, the prayers of the saints. I'm telling you, man, you think your, your stubborn will is powerful, not as powerful as my prayers. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care how stubborn you are. I don't care how stubborn your loved one is. I don't care how stubborn you think your loved one is. He has no idea the power of the prayers of these saints. The prayers of the righteous man are effective, and they accomplish much. Come on. See, God won't. God stays in the clear because God's not directly overriding his free will. But I'm going to step in the way of his free will. He may choose not to love God, but I'm not okay with that. God's going to accept the decision, but I'm not going to. He's got free will with God, but not with me. <laughs> Why? Because I love him. I love this person. I don't want them to go to hell. God's got to obey. God has set parameters for himself, and he won't override his free will. But when I step in between, I don't have to, I don't have to honor God's request that he not be saved or God's request to not bring him. I'm going to pray that he comes to God, whether he wants to or not. It may take more time if they're very um, stubborn and, and, you know, opposed to following the Lord. But it can be done, and God will do it because of our prayers. Good stuff. Here's the points, right? Let's break it down. Here's, here's the points to salvation broken down. It's as simple as I can make it. Five points. It's actually two points. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. Repent and believe. It, we have to know what repentance is. And you're not going to walk up to somebody who's unsaved and say, what must I do to be saved? Repent and believe. What does that mean? Repent breaks down into two, one and two. Forgive me of my sins and help me live for you. Right? Uh, repentance is twofold. Repentance, we've got sin on this side and we've got God on this side. Repentance is turning away from sin and turning towards God, right? It, it's twofold. It's not just one or the other. It, this is sin, right? Let's say 
this. Perfect. Let's say this is sin. And this is God, right? And it's turning from sin to God. If I turn from sin and I go someplace else, I'm just going to go back to sin. Unless I turn from sin and go to God, there's not complete repentance. And so it's twofold. Forgive me of my sins. And number two, help me live for you. I pray this every single time I pray the prayer at the end of service. God, forgive me of my sins and help me live for you all of the days of my life. Right? This is what I always pray. Why? Because it's twofold. Repentance is twofold. It's turning away from sin and turning towards God. God, I'm not going to... It's not enough to just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the sin. And then you commit the sin again. That's not repentance. I'm sorry for the sin... And now I want to live in a way that I don't sin. That's repentance. And when we have repentance, we have forgiveness. And then believe. Believe can be broken down into three things. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave. Right? Because Romans 10.9 says... If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So the third line there, that you rose from the grave. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus died for my sins, that he paid the price that I owed. We all owe a debt of sin, and it's Jesus' blood on the cross that pays for your sin and for mine. All have sinned. What is sin? Sin is disobedience. God told us how to live, and we didn't do it. God didn't give us the Ten Commandments because he wanted to steal our fun. God didn't give us the Ten Commandments because he wanted to steal our joy. God didn't give us all of these rules and tell us to follow all of these things because I'm going to ruin their fun. He did it because he knew what would be best for us. And what's written here is best for us. And the more and more and more and more science goes, the more and more and more science proves it true. Over and over and over and over again, you, we, you would think that we would catch on at some point and just follow this thing. <laughs> believe that you are the Son of God. Believe that you died for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave. Not just, not just belief in your mind, but belief in your heart, faith in my heart. Romans, Romans 10.9 says, if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that's faith. God has given every man a measure of faith, however small. Start out. Someone says, I have no faith. Say, God has given you a measure of faith. Believe in him and it'll grow. Confess in him and it'll grow. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins, and I believe that you rose from the grave. Confess with your mouth. You know, we've been talking, I've been talking with my family uh, and others about different things, and one of the things that we kind of started talking about was this idea of confession, you know, you got to confess, you got to confess. And the, um, the word of faith movement kind of got off a little bit because they had the confession of faith, right? 
It's not a confession with your mind. It's a confession with your heart. We have to confess with our heart. If we confess with our mind, we're not going to get what we confess. We're not going to get what we're asking for, what we're believing God for, because it's an empty confession. It's got to be a confession of your heart. I believe God wants to give me a Ferrari. God, give me a Ferrari, give me a Ferrari, give me a Ferrari. The Ferrari's mine, the Ferrari's mine, the Ferrari's mine. I've confessed for years, and it's never come. Why? Because it's only a confession of my mind. I don't actually believe in my heart of hearts that God wants me to have a Ferrari. It's fine. I didn't want it anyways. Those custom seats that are measured to your body lengths, I don't need that. Who needs that? You know, stitched, seven grain leather, who knows whatever it is. Who needs that? <laughs> then I have to get it washed all the time. Who can afford that kind of insurance? Do you know how much tires cost for that thing? An oil change. Forget it. Insurance. <laughs> this, is where the, this, <laughs> this is where the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it group gets it wrong because they confess with their mind the things that they want and not with their heart. We need to engage and confess with our heart. Little, little rabbit trail there. I really want to make that point. The Share Your Faith app, we talked about this last week. Share your faith. You can download this on your phone. I went through it last week. I'm not going to go through it again. In a little over two minutes, you can download this app. Uh, it doesn't take two minutes to download. It takes two minutes to go through it. This is the little, there's about 12 different little pictures, and there's the little arrows up here on the right, and you press it, and it audibly walks you through the deliverance of the gospel. But there is a separation between us and God, and that separation is sin, right? You guys remember this from last week? We try to work our own way there, but it leads to death, right? There's no way for us to get to God. But God made a way through Jesus. He makes the bridge. Jesus made a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus did this. This app is fantastic. Download it. You want to know how to preach the gospel? Download the app and just start playing it. Like we talked about the repetition with the Romans Road to Salvation. Repeat this. Put it on play. Listen to it every day on your way to work. Listen to it every day on your way home. And just listen to it until you remember it. It doesn't matter if you say it exactly like the computer. That's okay. Just learn it, and then after you learn it, you might say it like the computer for a year, and then you can make it your own. At least you're ready to say it. we got to be ready to say it. Otherwise, we don't say anything. This app, if we've just looked at Romans Road to Salvation, this app follows Romans Road to Salvation. Sin separates us from God. We can't work our own way there. We're all going to die, except that Jesus made a way. This is glorious news of the gospel. Couldn't be more simple. There's another way. Love this app. Receive Christ. No more death. Praise the Lord. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest that anyone should boast. It's important for us to remember that salvation is a gift of God. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. Neither do I. It's by God's grace alone. It's because of his love and great mercy that we're saved. It's what he did for us. It's Jesus' death on the cross. It's, it's all because of him. Repentance, though necessary, is in no way meritorious. 
Repentance, although necessary for salvation, doesn't earn us the, you know, thank you Jesus badge. We don't get a pat on the back for repentance. We don't get the little sticker for repentance. We get salvation. It's in no way meritorious. We don't earn anything because we've repented. It's necessary, but we don't earn because of it. It's the free gift of God. It's by grace that you've been saved. We have to remember that. And if you've been saved by grace because you've done nothing, then anyone else can be saved by grace because they've done nothing. You didn't do anything to get saved. You weren't good and thought, oh, I'm going to go to church. No, someone prayed for you long before that. You didn't just happen to be in the right place at the right time. God orchestrated it that you'd get saved. It was his grace that brought you there. And it's God's grace in you that's going to bring someone else. 1 Peter 3.15, again. Sanctify the Lord God always in your heart and always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you of the reason for the hope that is within you with meekness and fear. Listen, don't take this lightly. Don't just brush over this scripture and then be like, ah, you know. No, be ready. Live ready. Take these scriptures. Pick up one of these cards. Download the app. Do what you have to do. If someone asked you today, how do I follow Christ? What do I have to do to be saved? Are you ready today to lead them to Christ? Are you ready? The answer should be a resounding yes, 100%. You shouldn't even question it in your mind. If it's a question at all in your mind, you've got one job. Learn. Just go and learn. Memorize that. Download the app. Listen to the app until you're ready. Figure it out until you're ready. Once you're ready... Once you're ready to share, once you've memorized the scriptures, I mean, you can start before then. Once you download the app, you're good to go. Because once you download the app, it's like somebody says, I want to follow Christ. Then you just click them through. Watch this video with me. It's that simple. The app is really good, by the way. After the whole video, it's like things that you should do once you're saved. Pray. Find a church. Find a good group of believers. This is exactly right. Live ready. Be ready always. I want to encourage you to get ready. Whatever it is, whatever you've got to do, if you know Romans Road, great. If you know the app, if you have the app, if you've downloaded the app, do your homework. Get ready because I believe that we are coming into a season where there will be mass salvations. I really believe this wholeheartedly. I believe this with all of my heart. The enemy wants to distract us with everything that's going on in the news and in the media and all of these external things around the world, God is using everything that's going on to draw people's hearts back to him. It has to be, it really has to get tumultuous for people to want to come back to God. The days that we're living in are pretty uncertain, right? You would think that people would be running and filling churches. They're not. I don't, want to have to, I don't want to say it's going to have to get a little worse before it gets a little bit better, but I kind of feel like, you know, it might get a little bit worse before it gets a little bit better. I'm not prophesying anything here. I'm just saying. If I'm just a, a natural, logical thinker, God wants everyone saved. People aren't getting saved. Bad times are supposed to turn people back to God. They're not. It might get a little bit worse. I don't know what worse looks like. I know God wants people saved. I've been praying for America to be saved for 20 years. 
I'm not going to stop praying that prayer. I want all of America to be saved. They say, I, the, the, I don't know the percentage off the top of my head, the percentage of people that go to church every single Sunday, every Sunday, most Sundays, is very, very low. That number needs to be very, very high. How do we get them there? You tell them. You invite them. I tell them. I invite them. Regularly invite people to church. Oh, I work on Sundays. Watch us online. It sparks something in them. It stirs something in them. They're going to want to be in the house of God. Amen? Listen, uh, we just preach salvation. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus, if you're watching online with us and you do not know Jesus, I want to make an invitation. Just pray this prayer with me. We've explained salvation here today. Pray this prayer with me. It goes like this. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Come and live inside my heart and help me live for you all of the days of my life. I believe that you are the son of God, that you died for my sins, and that you rose from the grave. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, you just became a Christian. You just introduced yourself to Jesus. Uh, check, the engage, check the box on your Engage card. If you're watching online, check the online Engage card. Or you can send me an email at info at redeeminglovechurch.org. I would love to send you more information about what that decision means, uh, the next steps that you should, should take, including finding a great church and um, finding a good body of believers to plug into, starting to read your word, starting to pray. Pastor Steve, come and receive the offering today. Thank you, guys.